0: What kind of impact would we make if we allowed ourselves to be present to God today? I mean like truly present, right? To the little nudges that he lays on our heart. What kind of impact might you make on the person sitting next to you if you were to say, I can do that. I get ahead of myself. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Shannon Tiernan, and my husband, J.D., say hi, J.D., last time I'll bring you in, my husband, J.D., and I have been coming to Crossroads Church for about 14 and a half years now, and I remember the first day we walked through those doors. Mara, our daughter Mara, was about four, four and a half months, and she was sleeping in a car seat. J.D. and I were really tired, slightly frazzled, and probably a bit overwhelmed. And if I'm going to be honest with you today, we probably smelled like that five-day-old bottle we couldn't find in the car. But when we walked through those doors, we were dazzled by the beauty of this place. I vividly remember the feeling of being home. It was in that moment that my beautiful friend Kathleen Lowridge came up to us, put her hand on my arm, and said, You must be new here. How can I help you? I told you we looked frazzled. It was in that moment that such a small thing made a really big impact on J.D. and I. Her kindness was exactly what we needed on that day. Maybe it was her kindness. Maybe it was the warm chocolate chip cookies we got up in the cafe after service that day. Or just maybe it was the fact that Pastor Claire remembered our names a few weeks later when we were able to come back. But we decided that this church would be an excellent place to call home. Fast forward 14 years, and we are still dazzled by the beauty of this place and all the wonderful people who bring God to life When you walk in and out of those doors. So those of you who know me, I'm not one to like to talk about myself. But I do like to talk about my faith. And my faith is confirmed by God, held in prayer, and affirmed by scripture. Sometimes scriptures are important for a season of life. Sometimes they're situational, coming into our lives as they're needed. And other times, scriptures are baked right in life sustaining like the very air you breathe. If you don't mind, I'd like to spend the next few minutes talking about a few scriptures that are like this for me. Let's begin with one of my personal favorites, a red-letter scripture, if you will. Love your neighbor as yourself. Such a simple concept, right? It's not love your neighbor who looks like you or love your neighbor who acts like you or love your neighbor who thinks like you. Oh, no. Nope. Jesus didn't put any qualifications on it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't define who our neighbors are. And in my opinion, neither should we. My friend Shauna posted a quote on her Facebook page this week, and I asked her if I could share it with you today. Uh, Up on the screen will be an excerpt of this quote, but I really felt the need. She shared with me the entire uh, page in the book that she pulled this from. It's a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King, and I would like to read the whole thing to you if you don't mind. More than ever before, my friends, people of all races and nations are today challenged to be neighborly. The call for a worldwide good neighbor policy is more than a principle or belief. It is the call to a way of life that will transform our imminent cosmic allergy into a psalm of creative fulfillment. No longer can we afford the luxury of passing by on the other side. Such folly was once called moral failure. Today, it will lead to universal suicide. We cannot long survive spiritually separated in a world that is geographically together. In the final analysis... I must not not ignore the wounded man on life's Jericho road because he is a part of me, and I am a part of him. His agony diminishes me, and his salvation enlarges me. In our quest to make neighborly love a reality, we have, in addition to the inspiring example of the Good Samaritan, the magnanimous life of our Christ to guide us. And I thank God for that. If we are unwilling to go out of our way to help each other, if we are unwilling to be inconvenienced to help each other, it could quite possibly be the death to all we hold most dear. Jesus knew this. In the book of Luke, he was having a conversation with a religious expert who asked him, What should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus knew that it's easy to be a good neighbor when it's convenient. So he used the parable of the Good Samaritan to express his point. The parable paints a picture of a Jewish man who was accosted on a road. He is beaten, stripped of his clothes, and left to die. Jesus goes on to tell us not one, but two fellow Jewish men saw him laying in the road and kept on going. The scriptures pick up from there. Then a despised Samaritan came along. Kind of a strong word, isn't it, Jesus? A despised Samaritan? But if you look into the Samaritans and Jewish people at the time, they truly did despise each other. I think it's pretty interesting that Jesus picked a Samaritan to make a point with a Jewish person. Don't you think? Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Not only did the despised Samaritan meet the injured Jewish Jewish man's immediate medical needs, he took him to an inn so he could continue to heal and paid for all of his expenses. Jesus, knowing that we (laughs) need concepts broken down to their basic parts, went on to explain, which of these three would you say is a neighbor to the man who was attacked. The expert replied, the one who showed him mercy. Go and do the same, Jesus said. Now, J.D. and I have been blessed with neighbors who would totally go out of their way to help anyone. Some of you may have known Lee Beebe before he passed away a few short years ago. Well, J.D. and I were fortunate to have Lee and his beautiful wife, Rosie, as our neighbors for a few years. So picture this. I'm still a frazzled frazzled, full-time working parent of a now one-year-old. I'd gotten home from work, was trying to get her out of the car. Lee comes trotting up, he puts his arm around my shoulder, and he says, I hope you don't mind, but I mowed your lawn. Nope don't mind. (laughs) Don't mind at all. And Rosie, oh my goodness, does she have a green thumb. Everything she touches outside turns to beauty. She would spend countless hours talking with me about the plants in my yard and would remind me often that patience is a gardener's best tool. They were the drop everything, sure we can do that for you kind of neighbors we could all hope to have, but the thing is, I have had the pleasure of knowing so many people like Lee and Rosie, neighbors who forgive easily, who lift each other up when you can't walk on your own two feet, both figuratively and literally, neighbors who listen more than they talk, who use their wisdom to build each other up, not thump each other over the head, neighbors who see a need and will do everything everything in their power to meet it. I have had the privilege of seeing this type of of person in Crossroads Church over and over and over again. I choose to focus on the good you nurture. More importantly, I choose to contribute to that goodness because I don't know about you, but I think our world needs a little bit of goodness of Jesus right now. And because... So if you don't know someone like this, I encourage you to be someone like this. Be the good you want to see in the world today. Put yourselves in the shoes of the good Samaritan and go out of your way to help your brothers and sisters. Speaking of being the good, God used Paul to express his point of being good, the good you wish to see in the world in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Each of us did the good work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your hearts, Apollos watered them, and God made them grow. Our church is peppered with individuals who plant seeds and water seeds. People like James Teeters, who takes time out of his schedule to mow the lawn, Lisa Theodorovich, who has volunteered in the nursery nearly every single Sunday for the last several years. Jaquil Short, who spends Sunday afternoons ministering to high school. Sandy and Keith Mangle, who rarely miss volunteering at the food pantry. Jenny Ainsworth, who every week comes in and refills the lanyards that are in the back of your chairs. Tammy Jenkins, who volunteers to check in your kids or and the projection team. And Steve Allen, who is light, you've been the, light, the light guy, uh, every Sunday for the last how many years, Steve? Up 10 years. Uh, I'll get myself into trouble if I start naming names, but... These are just a handful of the people I know who have seen a need and done what they can to meet it. These heroes go out of their way to plant and water seeds, and we We get to benefit from their willingness to say yes. And you know, God's timing isn't always our timing, but his timing is always perfect. His only request to us is that we do the things we are called to do in the time we're asked to do them. You may plant the seed, you may water it, And we all get to benefit from it. Isn't that cool? We were placed on the earth for a time such as this. Plant the seeds you're meant to plant. Water the seeds you are meant to water. And let God do the rest. Where might we take our beautiful communities if we step out in faith today? I'm preaching to the choir though, aren't I? This room is full of people who are willing to take their time and talent to make this world a better place. You volunteer countless hours coaching youth basketball, volunteering in the food pantry, leading small groups and up in children's church. You create beautiful spaces both in and outside these four walls. You are pulling people out of the pits of human trafficking. You make people feel welcomed and loved, whether you're greeting them at the front doors or serving them cookies in the cafe. You protect and care for victims of domestic violence. You publish Bibles in languages that are only spoken in the four corners of the world. You bring love And hope and peace to people who are desperate to see the face of God. You do this every time you choose to be the church. You local saints, you. Continue being the planters and waterers of seeds that God is nurturing into something so much bigger than we could ever hope or imagine. Step forth, wrapped in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be the hands, the feet, the face, the voice, the presence of God. We don't all have to be missionaries in a f- foreign field or full-time pastors. Pastors. To make an impact for Jesus. We overcomplicate it, man. Sometimes it's as simple as mowing the lawn or buying a pair of shoes. God just asks us to be present and to move when he calls us to move, not because we feel we have to, but because we are filled with a willingness to say yes. A few seconds ago, I flew right past what may be one of my very favorite scriptures in the Bible, spoken by Mordecai to Queen Esther in the book of Esther. Who knows whether we have not attained royalty for a time such as this? Each and every one of us in this room was placed on this earth in this moment for a time such as this. What are you doing with your days? Collectively, we are a kaleidoscope of experiences, personalities, and expectations. We bring it all together to create such amazing things in the name of Jesus. Man, the world would miss out if you don't move when God prompts you to move. Let's make the synergy in this church a palpable thing. All these brilliant programs I just mentioned were generated by people just like you and I who knew there was no better time than this. We are so fortunate that our church is full of individuals who are willing to say, here I am, I can do it. How about you? What ideas do you have rolling around in your mind today that God is nudging you toward? I hear the voices of our beautiful pastor, Scott and Claire, when I say we are God's co-workers in service. What a privilege that is. We are not meant to sit on our hands, but rather to use them for the sake of others. So I will leave you today with what may be my very favorite scripture in the Bible, and this time I might mean it. This is my command. Love each other. We could spend the rest of the day unpacking that sentence and what it means to love each other. In short, as Christians, we should be showing the world what it means to love each other. God will equip you to love if we but pay attention and move when he asks us to move. Most of the great saints of the Bible were ordinary people who were willing to do extraordinary things in the name of God. Let's step forth in love today with grateful hearts and continue to pursue the good work God intends for us on this day and who knows that idea that God's planted on your heart may be the very reason why some frazzled 28 year old and her husband decide to call this church home too there is no better time than now be the neighbor God is calling you to be
1: Amen. amen so good uh, now you know why when Claire and I uh, heard Shannon share that at the mayor's prayer breakfast, we thought it was important for all of us. I think that what Shannon shared with us uh, that that is something that would be so good for us to revisit as a people. So certainly that's going to be online and make sure that you kind of re-encourage yourself. Thank you, Shannon. So good. So beautiful. Um, I love what Shannon kind of closed up with there, her favorite scripture, love one another. It's interesting leading into that, uh, parable that Jesus uses the story about the good Samaritan, uh, he, he leads into that with a conversation he's having with an attorney. And the attorney says, what do I have to do to make it to heaven, essentially, to have eternal life? And Jesus says, well, just fulfill the law. And then he kind of explains in a statement what that is. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, and all your soul... And then, love your neighbor as yourself. So we're talking about loving our neighbor. And then, the lawyer asks this powerful question that I think is a great question. And I think it's a question that's on our our mind when we begin to consider this neighbor thing. Is the attorney, some would say, in trying to avoid what Jesus is asking, says, who is my neighbor? I just think it's a good question. And I think that um, knowing... How we can practice see because if, if my neighbor is just kind of like out there it 's just this kind of concept that I never have to make a strategic or even a very practical step toward loving it 's just easy to get out of isn 't it it 's like i 'm not really accountable to that, but Jesus, in leading up to that question, knew what was coming, and then he goes into the Good Samaritan and makes it really practical right so um He starts with defining where love needs to begin. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, which then he kind of recaps by saying, that's your soul. Bring yourself. If you want to love your neighbor, you love your neighbor from a place of loving God first. Because the scripture tells us, right, that we love because Jesus first loved us. The reason that we can do the beautiful things that uh, Shannon is describing is it's out of God loving us. It's out of just this outpouring of fulfilling that. Um, I would say that Jesus indicates the first neighbor I need to pay attention to is myself. You may have never considered yourself as your neighbor, but... You love your neighbor as yourself. There's really an order to the way Jesus goes into all of this for us. I, I can only love my neighbor as, as I am receiving the love of God. So, in other words, there's a reservoir of love. The only one that can love everybody unconditionally is God. God. You do realize we each have a capacity. We have resources that come to an end. Like, I wonder about the Good Samaritan. Like, what if the next day there was another somebody by the side of the road, and then the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day. At a certain point, the resources run out. You can't pay the hotel bill anymore, right? But that's not what Jesus is, is talking about. What Jesus is saying is, receive my love. Make sure that you take care of yourself, not in a selfish way, in a holy way. The reason it's important to be aware of how you're doing spiritually and how you are before God is because it's out of that, out of that resource, that outpouring that God puts into our life, that we can go refresh others. Jesus said it this way. He said, you can love because I have first loved you. So as I make sure the first neighbor that's taken care of is myself, then I can go love others. I would say that the next neighbors maybe we need to be aware of are those that are closest to us. And maybe sometimes, like for me, my closest neighbor is Claire. And Claire, my life with Claire is a place of intense practice of loving my neighbor. We were in a meeting uh, uh, for the last few days, uh, executive board meeting with the Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force, and at one point, the director said to Claire and I, asked the question, she said, have you guys ever gotten into an argument in your whole marriage? I mean, isn't that a great question? It's like, no, we haven't in the last 10 minutes. Anyway... (laughs) The best ground for all of us to practice, and that's why I love what Shannon was talking about, even with the congregation. The reason, that, and the scripture tells us, the place that we begin to practice love first is at the household of faith. We love our neighbor by loving those, we practice loving by those in proximity. And then we we need to be good with our capacity. I love what Shannon said, it's like, it manifests differently in all of our lives. you ever look at some people and you think, man, they are just a love machine? You know, or you hear somebody, you hear somebody, and they're like changing the world with their love. And you think, why can't I be that loving? I would just say this. It's part of the hard work and the good work of living in Christ Is getting aware and having an understanding of our capacity. As I love Claire and say my children, and I love, because we always want to think our neighbor is a person living next door, but our neighbor is the person, first of all, living in closest proximity. And then as I become a good neighbor to those in closest proximity, God begins to extend my capacity. And we all simply just have other, we have different capacities. And God brings increase to that. And God refreshes you and gives you greater increase to love. So just love those in proximity and let God begin to expand your sphere of loving. So I want to leave us with this as we pull this together. I want us to all think about our own proximity. And some of us maybe are doing really well at loving, if we have a spouse, maybe we're doing really good at loving that neighbor, maybe we're doing really well at loving our children, or maybe not so much. Maybe we're doing well at loving those, our co-workers, our co-laborers, our colleagues, or maybe not so much. Maybe, so, I want all of us to consider for a moment, and maybe even in a practical sense, in a very real practical sense, because I love how Jesus does this, and where Shannon has brought us this morning. He, he, he specifically goes to a good Samaritan because he wants us to think about specifics. Who's in that sphere for you? Maybe it's your spouse that you need to begin to practice in a new, fresh way, loving your neighbor. Maybe it's your children. Possibly could be your parents. Maybe it's your fellow student or athlete or whatever it might be. Who are those people? Who, just, just think of one or two or three. Don't try, to, don't try to, you know, don't try to love all of Africa in your mind right now. If God's taken you there, he's going to get you ready for that. But we're going to think for a moment, we're going to bring before God, I want to love this person or these couple of people. And I want to go on an intentional journey in the next few weeks of really practicing loving my neighbor. So I'm going to receive the love of God for myself. I'm going to make it a priority in my life and I'm going to share the love of God with the people that God is causing me to think of right now. So as you you think about that, you might write that down. I want to encourage all of us, and we're going to pray here. I'm going to encourage all of us to intentionally share the love of God with that circle. And then God is going to supernaturally bring other people in that we can share the love of God with. And this becomes the practice and the circle extends and the resources are amply supplied by God. And out of a resourced and refreshed soul and spirit, you and I can begin to change the world. Now think about this. And Shannon alluded to this. Think about what happens in a room like this where there's hundreds of people. This is one of the reasons why a community of faith is so critical. This is one of the very important parts of it. Is there are things we are resourced to do together that we are not resourced to do on our own. You do understand that. You do understand we will feed many people tomorrow night because we are here together. That we can love our neighbor because we're together. And God continues to expand our neighborhood. So Lord, right now even as you bring to mind those in our those in our sphere, those that are near us that we realize even as even as we're considering this, even as we consider what Shannon said to us, we realize that there there are people that really are our neighbors. Maybe it starts with just me that need to be, that just need to be resourced better. So God, I pray for my friends, my family members, pray for my colleagues, my coworkers, pray for those in my community that you so desire for me to extend your love as my neighbor. And I pray for each one of us that you'd give us every resource that we need. That God, as we receive your love, that we would be loving people. That your kingdom would come in us and through us. Lord, even as we listen to the worship team sing this song, we just pray you'd fill us with your love. Just fill us even now, God.
2: Blessing. Blessed are the wounded ones and more Need enough to show the love that's gone Blessed are the hurt
1: Of our lives, but now we go, bless people, kingdom people, the kingdom is ours, and now we bring the kingdom to earth through us. Let your love pour out to every one of our neighbors, and God, this week, let a significant difference happen in us and happen in the places that we inhabit. I bless my friends in the name of the Father, the Son, and the name, and the Holy Spirit. It's hard to get off the name of Jesus. (laughs) Be blessed, my friends. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next week.